the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into hour two of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is uh, the author of a new book. I think it's a new book, The Audacity to Be Divine, A Soul's Journey Toward Illumination. Uh, she's also a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist and uh, the founder and CEO of Home of Champions, a unique program that exists to inspire leaders emerging from the foster care system to become champions of their best selves. She is Judith Halbrake, and she joins me now by phone. Um, Judith, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Did I say your last name right? I'm so bad with names. You absolutely correctly did. Good. Yes, I'll break. <laughs> well, Judith, um, let's let's uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, the book, "The Audacity to Be Divine: A Soul's Journey Towards Illumination." Um, when did the book come out? The book came out the end of June, 2020. Okay. So it's it's been out for a little while, but this is kind of a weird. T- uh, this has been a weird year to do yeah. <laughs> to do everything, but um, yeah. I, I would expect it'd be kind of tough to uh, to launch a book uh, during this past year. Uh, but also, I want to talk to you about uh, Home of Champions because that's a new program as well. Exactly. Yes, they're both uh, relatively new. Um. How and when did Home of Champions begin? So Home of Champions um, has been in in existence since about 2015. 
And um, I was a social worker in New York City and then became an executive director of a foster care adoption agency. So, and then a mental health director in Harlem, um, New York City. So from all of those experiences, I let go of my job to really promote this organization. And what we do is we screen foster care youth that are coming out of a system that get to college or vocational school and that want to do well, um, but they don't have the support. So we screen them for leadership. And that's how I started. I decided to let go of everything and just focus on these um, disadvantaged, disconnected youth where the services are uh, lacking and focus on them to be great. So the... Um, the Home of Champions is located. It's it's really interesting, Tom. It's I found this property that uh, was the property of the training camp. First of all, it was owned by uh, Floyd Patterson, the great uh, world champion boxer, and then the training camp of Muhammad Ali. So the boxing ring is still there, and it's a great place and a sanctuary for the youth to come and see where these world champions uh, trained and where they came from and how they can be great with the right support and the will, not only the skill. <laughs> Thus the name, Home of Champions. Yes, it is really truly the sanctuary of the champions. And um, these kids in that are coming from the system, they want to succeed. Uh, 60% of them want to go to college and vocational school and, and succeed. You know, it's it seems you know when you mention um, kids coming out of the foster system, and I'm not sure how many people are, are really aware of it, but I've always been given the impression that the future for kids aging out of the foster system is fairly bleak. Is that um, is that misinformation? No, that's that's absolutely correct because um, during COVID, I mean, these are the kids that are kind of forgotten before COVID because, I mean, statistically, nationally, we know that when there, there are 400,000 kids in foster care and 26, 26% of them want to go on to go to college, right, but only 3% or vocational school and do great, but only 3% or less than that graduate to any technical school because they don't have the support. So during COVID, when they're in college, they can't pay. They lose access to housing. Their mental health supports are not there, and they're battling to succeed. Even like on this, we're all battling on online, trying to do our jobs. Can you imagine? Kids, they don't have a technology. Some of them do, I'm saying they do, but if they're in foster homes, the foster homes are stressing out because one of the parents lost their job. So what about them? So we're actually losing half our youth because the, the youth that get to college or get to, you know, are discharged from care, one out of four become homeless, one out of four are incarcerated, and there are even more like insurmountable issues because 
that's what happens. They, they're they discharged. Some states keep them until age 21. But I think, like the governor of California, Newsom, I think they should stay in. And we, he lobbies, and I'm from New York, he lobbies to have kids stay in at age 26 because they need, otherwise they go to shelters. Well, yeah. Otherwise they're homeless. Um, and not to put you on the spot, Judith, but do you have a sense for how many of the kids that are aging out of foster care systems are are leaving foster homes or institutions? Well, there are, um, and, and, and I go by all the research, so if there are uh, 26,000 Okay, so there are 400,000 that are in foster care. And then, like in New York State, this is an example, there may be 8,000 that leave the system, but many of those get into vocational or college. But many of them, out of that 8,000, are discharged either to a biological family or they're discharged. And they're, you know... I am an exec. I was an executive director of New York City Agency, so we had a plan for them. But when they get out there, Tom, as you and I know, when you get out there, it's tough. How can anybody at age eighteen or twenty-one fend for themselves? It's very tough, and I, the New York State, New York City agencies, do the best they can to provide everything they can for them, but it's tough for them because they have to find housing or, you know, I mean, after they're discharged, they're, they have a plan, but after six months or a year, where are they? Where are they? I'm trying to get a sense for, um, you know, the families that, that take children in, um, and, and foster them maybe in some cases for several years. Um, uh, are are there a lot of them who continue who, who treat that child as one of their own and continue to be a part of their life even after they've aged out of um, state regulated supervision um, or do they just discharge their duty and and let it go i imagine it's case by case but yeah i mean as uh, from my experience as a social worker and then um as an executive director in new york city i there were families that kept children and adopted them um and then there are those that you know couldn't take care of them because the biological family was involved but many times, um, and I can't give you the correct statistic, many times the biological family can take care of them. And so the foster family can take care of them. They just need a mentor. Actually, what they need is one person in their life that cares for them. So when they're discharged and they can't go to the biological family or the foster family can't adopt, sometimes they go back to the foster family, you know, for holidays. But the, the, what I'm saying is that 
that these kids shine when there's one person that cares and mentors. And this is what Home of Champions is about. And the mentor doesn't have to give out financially every time they need it or come to their, no, but is on the phone or sees them and says, this is what I think you should do. Tell me what you're doing. One person in their life that cares. And that is my experience, and I know that for a fact. And you gave out a number, 26%, I think you said, um, go to some kind of furthering education when they turn 18? Yes, that's by the, you know, and again, I always back my statistics by research, so it's what the Pew says, um, several other big agencies that research this. So out of that, 26% go on, whether it's vocational, BOCES, beat electricians, or plumbing, or any kind of education, 26%. But less than 3%, but in New York State, less than 3% graduate. And it's not because of the college's fault, because many of them and many of the uh, wonderful agencies have programs. It's because the system is not there to um, support them. Is it because the system is broken or overwhelmed? Well... Can you, I mean, look at the COVID, what, what happened to businesses, right? Oh, yeah. It's over, yeah, and it's overwhelmed, Tom. Can you imagine? And these kids, okay, where do they go? So the businesses are, I've, I've been through many, you know, the cities, they're closed, the shops are closed. And, and foster families, if they're home, back home from college, and they go back to their foster family or their own biological family, they have to work, these kids, because one of their parents or the only parent lost a job. So where are they? Where are they? What has happened to them during COVID? And I have my own experience because... Yeah, how do you shelter we, in place if you don't have a place? That's right. Well, what do you do? And so we provide these uh, services, but... And we now, because of COVID, we are, there were online summits of education, how to get a job in the next careers, the next 10 years. But some of them don't have the technology. So they don't have, they're listening to radio and TV or radio and cable because they don't have a smartphone. They don't have a computer. And I'm not saying that these kids don't have it through the agencies, but many of them that are discharged are carrying their microwaves in their bag to go to college. Well, Judith, I have to put a I have to put a comma here. I have to go to break, but uh, can you stick around so we can talk some more? Yes, sir. Good. My, <laughs> my guest. My guest is Judith Halbrake, and uh, she is. Uh, the author of The Audacity to be Divine, A Soul's Journey Towards Illumination, and also the founder and CEO of Home of Champions. And we're going to talk about both of those things after we give our broadcast partners a chance to squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're uh, streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well.
Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hi this is deb cherry genesee county treasurer and you're listening to the tom sumner radio show and welcome back everybody we continue now with my conversation with um, judith Halbrake. She is the uh, author of The Audacity to Be Divine and uh, also the founder and CEO of Home of Champions. Judith, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, and now I said when we uh, went to break that I wanted to come back because I wanted to talk about uh, Home of Champions and your book, The Audacity to Be Divine. Is the book an outgrowth of your experiences as the founder and CEO of Home of Champions? Oh, that's a, that's really an excellent question. But um, I don't, I think that uh, this is a story about you know when someone significantly impacts your life, you just want the world to know and possibly be affected as well. So. This was a book that was in the making for 20 years, and um, it's a story of my mother who had a, like a very positive mark in my life and uh, thousands in the world, thousands and thousands. And so the story, and she taught me um, really uh, not, we should not be victims, um, but, all, but we should persevere be positive, and that if you want to suffer, then you have expectations. That was her quote. <laughs> so the story's like based on my mother's life experiences, which um, I, I guess growing up with her made me uh, realize that, um, and, and she, she had a failed marriage, a very, she grew up in a very dysfunctional family, and she suffered. But what she did was she turned that all around and became this uh, phenomenal spiritual leader. And I think those experiences, you know, that's my background. She was a powerful, empowering woman. The the title, The Audacity to Be Dif- Divine, um, how are you defining divine and why does it take audacity to be that? Uh, that, yeah, so the audacity is, for her, was, her truth was to tell the truth. Her life mission, no matter where she was, was to just tell like it is, and not sugarcoat it, and not play politics, and not do that, just tell it like it is. And that's why people thought she was saintly because she got right into the heart and the soul of what was happening. So um, that pathway was the pathway of her, the audacity. Can you imagine a, a woman coming out in red high heels and in a dress red with with, you know, an updo and, and, and all these, you know, the fingernails painted and very dramatic telling the sea of all these 
and I'm talking about the mystical spiritual leaders on the stage, and here comes out Mary, who was authentically truthful in who she was. So that's what the audacity and the divineness was that towards the end of her life, she became uh, spiritually, I guess, divine, um, transparent with such uh, from the other world, just very transparent. The reason I ask is because at at Mm -hmm. first glance, I associate divine with a higher power or a power greater than ourselves, and it seems presumptuous to personify that. Actually, uh, it wasn't at all presumptuous because as a spiritual leader, and of course she didn't take any credit for it because it was just the divine essence that came through her. Uh So when people met her, they would say, and, and in the book, For example, a teacher would say to her in a conference, you know, I'm not very happy with my work. I've been there 30 years, and I don't know what to do. I'm just not happy. And my mother would say, well, why don't you put your heart in your work, and then you'll find the answer. So these kind of things were definitely a transmission of uh, a greater, uh, uh, I don't know, divine intervention. She wouldn't say anything just happened you know, off the cuff. There was a definite divine intervention because she was open and um, she transcended, like all of us going through COVID now and, you know, losing our businesses, And but she transcended that. Now, getting back to what we were talking about in the last segment, which was about the, the state of, of foster care and what happens to um some of the uh, people that that age out of foster care and what happens to and for them. Um, So I I think it's important now to to sort of define and talk about the uh, organization or or place that you founded and our CEO of Home of Champions. Um, How do, what happens there and, and how do, people find it so we are uh you can find it on our uh website and that's www.homeofchampionsny.org and it is a leadership program and we screen so right now we're screening for uh we've had many students from the colleges that are freshmen that are coming from um, disadvantaged situations, or, and we've had workshops on campus, and the curriculum is the making of a champion. So we've taken many of the things that these great boxers and discipline, first of all, not only do you have to have that mindset, but what we, our model program is a holistic, but a well-being. It's mental health. It is health. It is having a mentor. It is all the things that you need in order to succeed as a leader and how to be generous. So you can't be generous if your belly is hungry, right? You can't. So we teach them the basics 
and then to move on to what the greatness is. Um, right now we're doing uh, summits online uh, because of the COVID, and then once we're through this, we will have them uh, living in their own tiny homes um, on, on this 15-acre. We'll have, you know, anywhere from five to nine tiny homes where they'll live. So when they transition out of foster care, you, we're, how are they going to learn how to live? So, I mean, there are many different states. I know several states have this uh, tiny home, you know, where they have them on their campus. Yeah. This is an excellent way to teach them how to live and maintain, work and go to school and give back. Because you and I know that as, you know, running an organization, you always have to, and being successful, you always have to give back. You have to have the courage, the foundation to give back to the community. But you have to help yourself. So these kids are going to learn how to live independently. So that's our projection for out of COVID, um, and we're working on that very dearly. We have a 6,000-square-foot um, community center, which houses the famous boxing ring where they train. Right. This community center, yeah, I mean, we have to uh, renovate it, so we have a, a campaign for that um, and hopefully reach out to some of the good you know the well-known boxers to participate in that and this is for the kids and the community um where we're going to have you know boxing yoga theater uh library where they can create um their dream and and how does um the program actually work i, I mean what what kids apply, who gets through the process, and then what what is the program once they get going? I, I mean, aside from the, the housing, I'm thinking about the yes. uh, leadership mentoring and so on. Yes, so the um, because of uh, my uh, connections with uh, the New York City foster care agencies, um, and some of the fine programs that they have for uh, students that want to go to college, um, there we have linkage agreements. So we they actually refer the social workers and the directors refer students to the program. Um, so that's that's the way we're doing it right now. Now for upstate, I am. Uh, trying to find the critical mass of who those agencies are, where the kids are for upstate New York. So it is a model program um, in the sense that we screen because having 35 kids on campus to do the curriculum, there are maybe two out of 35 that uh, are leadership potential. And that's what we're aiming for. That's why it's a it's a um, a model program for these kids that want to graduate and become leaders in the academia, in politics, in the community. And let me tell you, I have known them and seen them throughout my career. You give them the mentoring that they need and the support system. So 
the the great SUNY of New Poles has um, I've been working with them because it's located in that area, and they have an entrepreneurial program. They actually will come and teach them once we set up the homes, the financial end of things, how to keep you know finances and budget and working. So it's a real it's a consortium of businesses, colleges. Also, the West Point coach, who is a boxing coach, is uh, expressed interest in also teaching them. Um, and then we have boxers from the community that trained under uh, Floyd <laughs> Patterson. And they come in to teach them discipline. And Tracy Patterson, Floyd's um, adopted son, his son, came and actually uh, worked with us on the our you know workshops and taught them not only the how to have the the jib the the boxing you know but the discipline eating well and having the will and the skill fitness so training it's a, basically it's, yes it's fitness but it's also beyond that it's like you need to have you can have the skill to be a boxer but it, like Muhammad Ali said that that champions aren't made in gyms they are they have the will and the skill but you've got to have the will and i've met foster care disadvantaged kids they have the will they have the will but they just, they don't have a support and judith you so, said you you had a campaign going for renovations to the community center to the campus and and the facilities yeah um how is the funding working do you get any money from the state, or well, is it all philanthropy? Um, so, at this point, um, we are uh, we've got a sponsor, uh, Home Depot, who's going to help us with some of the renovations there, and we also have other people. We're reaching out to boxers to help support this, and not necessarily the state, because um, boxers have an interest in. Um, and I'm not going to name who they are, but they, the, the well-known boxers now, they have an interest in um, supporting this. So we are, hopefully we'll get a fight, you know, a, a kind fight. <laughs> in, An in exhibition match, we'll say. Yes. <laughs> we <laughs> and, you know, I'm not going to name anybody, but there's also the famous woman boxer who I am after. So if you're listening, um, <laughs> we would love for you to fight there because we can um, bring in, um, you know, 100, uh, 100 people to support this. Uh, it would be nice if you could get a woman boxer, uh, maybe maybe yeah. one who would uh, won a gold medal or two and... Yes, you're um, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I, I think but, I you know, know who but, you mean. <laughs> yes, I think you do. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our, um, we have a campaign out, and um, hopefully that will be done in, within six months. And, you know, when COVID and when we can all breathe together, right, yeah. uh, things will happen. I just got my first and, shot this week. Oh, great! So I'm kind of Good. I'm kind of excited. Another That's wonderful. Another three weeks, I'll be fully vaccinated, and and I think for a lot of people, um, although some people are maybe uh, breathing 
too big a sigh of relief <laughs> a, a little too yes. soon but but i think everyone yeah. is sighing a little bit of a breath of relief um just knowing that there is light at the end of the pandemic tunnel exactly. yeah and hopefully i think that uh systemically people there has to be light at the end of the tunnel for for our youth because we're losing half of them um if we don't respond to what their needs are and i know that as a society we have to take care of the health issue and the the covid but i do think that we have to really address what's happening to our youth where are they you know for every program um even you know whether it's businesses or public schools or uh, organizations like yours um, things have had to be done differently during the pandemic do you see any of those things carrying forward when we establish whatever the new normal is going to be for uh, home of champions yes i do i personally think that as a result of this for our youth that they will listen to radio and cable they will listen to um tv cable as opposed to they're not going to go online for college and they, they don't like that i mean they're whether they don't have a computer or not but that is a change i see um in a greater sense if if the government is distributing vaccines for everyone, well, I think the mindset should be, how do we figure out the global, the, the national issue with our youth? How do we distribute the services? In a, how do we do that? But on a, on a ground level, I think that um, kids need socialization. They need mental health services. And that is a result of this. We're seeing more and more of that. They need to have accessibility to mental health services. Because you, you, you can imagine, if you have nobody to talk to, your family's not around, you don't have anybody, what, we're, what are they doing? Who are they talking to? So that is a result of COVID because I can see in communities, people are, they've been down for their businesses closed. They can't afford to, to, to pay the rent. So there are many things after COVID that, you know, we can realize uh, services need to be in place more hey, Judith, readily. Do you have a, a success story that you could share with us? I do. I have a success story, and she uh, doesn't know about it, and she will soon know about it. So as a social worker, and I, cre I created we created this program um, back in the 80s, uh, to take adolescents out of, for retreats, um, to take them out, and the retreats were weekends, and to build their self-confidence and self-esteem. So there were several of them, and staff and I noticed that there were several of them that signed on and were very motivated. And one in particular who came from a very abusive background where she didn't have any, um, some of her fingers were missing and 
her lip and her her earlobe and and that she was very very smart, very outspoken. And we said to her, you know, you need to go to college. You are so smart. You are anyway. So seven years after, eight years after I had left that agency, maybe eight or nine years later, she came back and said, thank you for doing this for me. You know, and it was several retreats, not a long haul, right? Just a couple of times retreats that we build their self-esteem. And she later became director of an outpatient clinic up in the Bronx. Oh, that's wonderful. She finished college and went on. So, but you, you know, Tom, we don't hear that ever where people come back and say, you know, thanks for doing this. But she did. She came back. I wasn't, we weren't there at the time, but she said, I want to thank this group for doing this and loving me and caring about me. Well, that's that's wonderful. yeah, she's the one that inspired me to go forward with this. I'm well, not going to tell you her name. No. I, I reach her, uh, but she's the the star. Uh, and, you know, you know, everybody says everyone's a diamond in the rough. These kids, they're diamonds. They're diamonds. But we just have to support them so they can shine. And look at this. Look what she did. And it wasn't extensive programming. It was a, f- a few weekends. And saying, okay, be co-, you know, because she used to, you know, she was very outspoken, very rebellious. So the kids that are the most rebellious, the ones that go into, you know, pimping and marketing and all that, they're the ones that are the leaders. We take those kids that are the most rebellious and resilient. Those are the kids I want. Well, I wish you all the luck in the world, Judith. It's been uh, thank you fascinating uh, talking with you about this, uh, about both really the um, home of champions and uh, also your book, "The Audacity to Be Divine: A Soul's Journey Towards Illumination." My guest is Judith Hallbreak, and uh, Judith, I, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Um, and and uh, in your work, uh, past, present, and future, can you do you have a website you can share? Yes. So I have the, uh, the Home of Champions, Home of Champions NY dot org, and I have the book uh, website, The Audacity to Be Divine dot com, and um, you know by all means. You can go on there, and you can uh, you can see what we're doing. Well, Judith, thanks again, and um, keep up the good work. Thank you so much, and thank you for having this magical radio show. And that's exactly <laughs> what I think kids should uh, have an opportunity for, some kind of show where they can express themselves and also be on. Well, and and if you if you find a an appropriate. Uh, future guest i'd be glad to hear from them and um you know they're welcome to tune in i'm online everywhere and i'm here every day <laughs> thank you so much thank take, you for your good work <laughs> take care judith all right bye-bye you too. bye
That was Judith Halbreich, the uh, founder and CEO of Home of Champions in New York and uh, author of The Audacity to be Divine. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, Scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dance, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not, is a major factor in dancing like a retard, may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them, also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people, and it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol 
alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I said no, I didn't no. want to take it. No, sometimes you're not supposed to sing that. Well, sometimes a fellow doesn't feel like taking it, he just stands right up and says no. I didn't want to I didn't Tommy. know it upset you this much. I just don't well, want look to take what it. Did to the song. No. Too bad you caught me on an off night like that. I just don't want to take it Tommy, when a fellow stands folk up and says always take it. I just I You know that? You haven't even read the folk singer's guidebook. You oh, You haven't even read the folk singer's credo. You, you don't know what it is to be a folk singer. Oh. You're a big phony. You? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tell me, have you read the folk singer's credo? Yeah, well, Are you a folk singer? Yes, I are. Okay. Then you've read the guidebook, right? And you've read the credo. I Remember did. when you got your guitar, it came with a book? Came with a book and an Arthur Godfrey chord changer. Yeah, I read Mom read it to me. Yeah, okay. What does the folk credo say? It says, all folk singers are obligated... To do what? Dickie, I didn't know. Obligated to do what? I, I, I don't remember what it, what it said there. Say the whole credo. Come on. All folk singers are obligated to take it. That's right. He said to take it. If you feel like it. If you no, don't feel like it. No, it doesn't say if you feel like it. It says all folk singers are obligated to take it without hesitation, without thinking. They're to take it like a reflex. You take it, Tom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, well, so when know. I say take it, I want to see you hop to it all the time, every time. Dickie the dictator. Boil that cabbage down. Take it, Tom. Boom, 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 all the time. <laughs> Hundreds of years ago, the railroad started in America. Rugged men of yesteryear went out in the vast wilderness of early America. 
with a great dream in their minds, and vision in their eyes, and big nine-pound hammers clasping their hands. These were men of yesteryear building a vast railroad, a vast spiderweb of steel rails spanning across the width and breadth of the country, toiling and inching their way under the, under the lucky old sun. <laughs> they inched and toiled their way across the vast bosom of America. <laughs> I'll throw a little sex in the show. All right, all right. That's enough. But this wasn't just a fun job. You're a real garbage mouth, you know that? You're talking about history, remember? Well, there was, there, these railroad men, it wasn't fun. They faced dangers. These men of yesterday, where they went, there lurked dangers. Some of the rare men, they'd be working in the mountains, and in the mountains, there's a lot of, lot of dangers lurking in the mountains. These rare men sometimes would stop at, like at night when they were resting. Sometimes there's more, the nervous, some of the nervous rare men, they'd jump out of bed in the middle of the night, they'd say, hey, I saw a danger lurk. Well, what kind of dangers? There was dangers lurking in the mountains, and they had to build the railroads across raging deserts and blazing rivers and across the plains of America and there lurked dangers. Tommy, raging deserts and blazing rivers? They were tough, man, to get across those. Yeah, I think so. And these real men, to make it even worse, they, they were fearless men. They had to build railroads. Wait till you hear this. They had to build railroads across crevices. Deep crevices in the ground, and these railmen had to span these crevices with big railroad pretzels. And in the bottom of these crevices, oftentimes in the bottom of these crevices, there lurked pumas. Vicious pu that's right, pumas with claws and that's foam wrong. coming out of these there pumas' mouths. Tommy, that's wrong. And they have there bad breath, too. There weren't any pumas down there. There was the pumas, and oh, these railmen, they'd say, Wow, look at those pumas down Stop there in the it. crevice. There weren't any hey, pumas. Hey, I don't want to build a railroad across this crevice. I don't care what you say. There's pumas in them. Tommy, for crying out loud, there were no pumas in the there, crevices. There, there wasn't was, even one puma in one crevice. There, there was, there there was, was not. There was three pumas in the crevice. <laughs> Mama puma and Papa puma and baby. baby puma. <laughs> Who's been sleeping in my crevice? <laughs> Do you want me to tell you why there were no pumas in the crevices? There was pumas. You want me to tell you why? There, the reason there weren't any, we don't have any pumas in this country. There, you see? There are no pumas in America. We, we accept everybody in America, Dickie. That's right, we do. But do you want to keep your story truthful? Yes, Historically I, correct? Yes, I do. Then get rid of the pumas right now. I'm not going down that crevice. Well, there was these vicious beasts in these crevices, and these railroad men were sore afraid. And these railroad men come up to these crevices, they say, Wow, look at those vicious beasts in the crevices! <laughs> sure smell like pumas. Hey, cut that out. But they weren't. But they weren't. And these railroad men were sore afraid. Yet the railroads were completed. Yes, Americans. We can look back with pride on the historical archises of American history, where these men of yesteryear completed this giant task, the transcontinental railroads. 
took a Herculean effort on the part of these men, but the task was completed. And, and you're probably saying, you probably wonder, when sends this song coming? Maybe. Well, a big feast transpired, and a sole substance for this feast, for these ravenous railroad men of yesteryear, in this big feast, the sole substance was hotcakes boiled in cabbage juice. Big giant uh, pancakes um, boiled in a pot of uh, cabbage juice for several hours. <laughs> then they'd eat it. <laughs> hotcakes and cabbage juice, those guys all think it's swell. But every time I eat the stuff, I always feel like bleh. Oh, boil that cabbage down, boys, turn that old cake round. The only song I ever did sing is boil that cabbage down. Working on the railroad, working all day long. Take it. Well, well, well. When someone says, take it, you're supposed to take it. I suppose you've read the folk singer Credo, you shot your mouth off about it enough, and then when I say take it, you didn't take it. When someone says take it, you're supposed I'm, to take I'm it. Are you a sorry. folk singer? I'm very sorry. Don't get belligerent. I, why didn't you take it? When someone I'm not says, trying to get belligerent because you were absolutely right. You stood Boy, up. that really makes me angry when a guy doesn't take it. That's right, and it makes me angry too. And I think anybody who doesn't take it should be severely chastised, Tommy. Because you were right. The way you said take it was in a true folk tradition. You stood up there on your own two feet and you said take it with authority. You knew what you were doing. You're a, a man who, who knows where he's going. That's the way you were. You said take it. And I didn't take it. I know that I didn't take it. I, I don't know what happened. I, I assumed, see, I assumed you were going to take it. Well, but you're supposed I know to... it. I'm supposed to take it. A folk singer should never assume anybody else is going to take it. And I should have, I should have known. I should have been alert. And I, and I wasn't. I... I guess my mind was just wandering, that's all, and I, I apologize for not taking it. No, I assure you I'll do my best to see that it, it never, ever happens again, honestly. I'll let it go this time. Working on the railroad, working all day long, take it. Working, 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 working. Boil the cabbage down, boys, turn, turn, oh, kick round. The only song I ever did sing, boil the cabbage, boil the cabbage down, boy. Turn that old cake round. The only song I ever did sing is boil that cabbage down. was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Summerprogram.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com. I know of a 
place where you never get harmed. A magical place with magical charms. Indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, I'm Alexander Sondrick. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.